Once, glad, once again, we're glad to have you with us. We hope you had a, a great week, a great week of uh, celebration and football and all that kind of stuff. Texas, congratulations. We don't want to hear it, but uh, congratulations on all that. Some of the other state schools, sorry. Uh, there's always next year, but... Um, uh, but, uh, a great, great, I hope you had a great time with, uh, family and friends. And, and over this, uh, for the last, uh, this will be the third week, we, we, um, decided to do a little three-part gratitude, uh, series, uh, because Advent felt, falls weird. Like I, I said, uh, normally we'd be picking up Advent stuff the week after Thanksgiving. So it, it fit for us to do a little three-part thing of gratitude, which, uh, I think we need to do it more often to remind ourselves uh, about this whole idea of gratitude. And and part of the reason is uh, with it, we we could we could go through all the many many things that God has done for us and all the many blessings that we have, but we we just don't live there very well. Uh, we we our human minds don't naturally gravitate towards appreciation. Our, our human minds naturally gravitate towards whining and complaining, right? That, that's, that's what we do best and what's, what we do naturally. Um, those of you, think, uh, those of you that have had kids or been around kids, how many of you had to teach your kids how to whine? No, it comes naturally, right? They, they can pick up on that. How many of you had to teach your kids how to say thank you? Yeah, and you have to work at it over and over and over and over and over again. And some of us need our parents to show up right now and remind us what it means to say thank you, right? It, it just isn't natural for us. But um, we've been talking about this, but as Christians, we're called not to be like the world, but to do something different. We, we, we're supposed to look different. And one of those one of those things that... that is instead of whining about everything that's not the way it's supposed to be, we're called to celebrate all that God has done. And so that's where gratitude comes in. We, we, we need to retrain our minds. Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 4. Think on these things, whatever is pure and lovely and, and right. Think on these things. Right, but instead we we tend to sort of spiral down the negativity chamber over and over again, and so over these weeks we've just been trying to remind one another of the joy of gratitude, the joy of the Christian life. And this morning we're going to wrap it up. And I'll, I'll tell you this morning there there is no deep insight that there's no deep um, biblical scholarship that I'm going to pull out that you're going to go, oh my gosh, I never heard that before. Every Everything I'm going to say you've heard before. It's just none of us are living it out every day, right? And so I'm going to use one of the most familiar passages in the scripture. It's Psalm 23. Uh, the 23rd Psalm. I know for myself, that's one of the scriptures I memorized when I went through confirmation. Anyone else memorize it in confirmation? Uh, I, I know it's as I've ministered throughout the years and I, I've talked to folks that were serving in the military and in battle and been told that like the 23rd Psalm was something they memorized that when they were in dire circumstances, it was, it was something that they could pull 
out as a reminder of who God is, when it's a favorite for um, a celebration of life services and stuff to, to read. It just is this, this beautiful psalm written by David. And so we're going to use that. I think, I think David in this psalm has given us a perfect model of how to move into an attitude of gratitude. So we're going to, we're going to use that. Um, if you're like me, you memorize this in the King James Version, right? Uh, he maketh me to lie down in greeneth pasture. It's not greeneth, but I'm going to actually read it out of the New Living Translation, which is what I use every week. And normally it's not as jarring, but in this it sounds like it's weird. Uh, so as that sounds weird, do you just add an eth to it in your own mind uh, wherever necessary? It's 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, uh, as I said, I think David uh, gives us a perfect uh pattern of of how to retrain our thoughts into gratitude. Remember David identified as a man after God's own heart. David has uh we we know a lot about his life from his childhood into his old age. And I think a lot of the character training that David uh used throughout his life came in those early years as he served as a shepherd. He was a shepherd boy and he was tasked with being out in the fields with the, with the sheep and a shepherd's main job is don't let the sheep die. Right? To watch after the sheep, to keep your eyes on the sheep. A good shepherd is always going to put their energy into protection of sheep. And, and shepherd is one of those images that is rich within the, the biblical witness. Over and over, uh, spiritual leadership is referred to as being a shepherd. Uh, uh, the the priests and the, and the religious leaders were shepherds over the people. They didn't always do a good job in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, God lambasts the, the spiritual leaders of the time and says, you're called to be good shepherds, but all you all are doing is, is trying to do things that benefit you and you don't care about the people. I sent you to be shepherds, but you've let them down. So I'm going to send my own shepherd, a shepherd that will truly give his life for the sheep. And we know that that prophecy in Ezekiel was fulfilled through the gift of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, uh, the one with which gave his life ultimately for the flock, the one who protects us from evil, the one through which we can have a relationship with God. This image of shepherd is rich throughout the scriptures, and David uses it in this. A shepherd boy recognizing 
the shepherdness of his Savior. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is the one who watches over me. The Lord is the one who protects me. The Lord is the one who never takes a break on me. The Lord is the one who never takes a vacation. The Lord is the one who never lets me wander away. The Lord is the one who will always be with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. We could we could just dwell on that passage and that's enough right there, right? I think one of the I think one of the reasons we struggle with gratitude is because we take for granted all that God has given for us. And and the number one thing he's given us is his presence. That that undying devotion to us that we were created in his image and despite our wandering away and despite our our rebellion against him and despite all the times that we we get mad at him because he didn't do things our way and with all of that he he has never given up he's never he's never let us wander too far away from him in fact, Jesus told a, a parable uh, uh, about sheep and a shepherd that a good shepherd it keeps that he loves his sheep, and that if there was a, a shepherd that had a hundred sheep and one of them wandered away, that he would leave the ninety-nine to go find the one. That's the kind of shepherd we have. We have a God who has has poured Himself out for us in countless ways. Over and over and over again, when you're aware of it and when you're not aware of it, when when you have been tuned in and when you didn't even give God a second chance, God has always been there. He is my shepherd. I have everything I need. That second part of that, man, that just strikes against the whole consumeristic attitude that we have as Americans, isn't doesn't it? We have a whole culture telling us you don't have what you need, right? I mean, a lot of us, we we, we struggle with that. I, we're on a best friend basis with the UPS guy at our house, right? He's got his own chair at the dining room table. Because, because there's always something we need. There's always something else that we need to get. There's always... But but what if we could begin to retrain our minds from what we don't have to celebrating what we do have? And that's not just possessions, that's in relationships as well. How many times do we do we struggle in relationships because instead of celebrating who the person is, we complain about who they're not? What it, what would change in your family? What would change with your spouse? What would change with your kids? What would change with your coworkers if instead of constantly wanting them to be someone they're not yet, you celebrated who they are? The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. God's greatest desire for us is that every single one of us would come to know Him in an intimate way, that we would come to know the Good Shepherd personally. And He has given us everything we need to fulfill that mission. Everything we need to move from being created in His image to being His son and daughter, a co-heir of the kingdom in eternity. He has provided every single thing we need. 
We want for nothing, and yet our heart aches over and over for what we don't have. I encourage, I I know it's old school to say memorize scripture, but come on. It's how you embed it in your heart. And if you can't do the whole six verses, one will do you good. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. That's a mantra that, that could change could change your whole attitude. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And and remember David who's writing this, David's life wasn't always perfect. David knew what it was like to go through difficult times. David knew what it was like to be a target of people against him. David knew what it was like to fail. David knew what it was like to to find yourself in depression and grief. David knew what it was like to get to an old age and see your family falling apart. And yet, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Verse 2, he says, He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He lets me rest in green meadows. If you're a sheep, there's nothing better than a green meadow. That's, that's heaven on earth right there, right? You need, you need green grass to, for nutrition. Um, and, and, and so you got a good meal to eat. But the, the word I want you to focus on is he allows me to lay down or to rest in green pastures. I think part of, part of our, uh, Lack of satisfaction in our life is this drive that we don't have enough. And because we don't have enough, we feel like we can't let up and we got to keep going. We got to keep going because if we're lazy, we're going to miss out. We got to keep going. We got to keep going and we miss out. And what God has for us is remember, he's given us everything we need. We don't have to work for it. He's already given it for us. We, we've lost the concept of Sabbath in our life. Remember, God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, He he rested, right? And then He set that as one of the Ten Commandments, that we are to keep the Sabbath. And it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't an HR idea for, for work. It was, actually a, uh, it was actually a reminder to us that every week there should be a, a, a ritual in which we remind ourselves, I am not the source of my happiness and I'm not the source of my future. God is the source of everything. I don't need to strive for it because He's already provided it, so I'm going to rest in the green meadow that he's given me. Now see, that American thing inside of us goes, well, my meadow's not very green right now. I've been in a drought. Right? We, we, this is why we have to work at gratitude. Because we can throw a pall over the brightest sunshiny day. Right? We have green meadows. God has blessed you in many ways. You have everything you need. And He's inviting you to rest and enjoy life. Enjoy the relationship. Enjoy the time. Even over this holiday, how many times did you find yourself or this is at me Right? Because I might have something else I gotta get to. What time's the game's on? What's what time are we doing dinner? What time is your kids going to bed? Right? He lets me rest 
in green pastures. He renews my strength and guides me along the right paths. When we order our lives that reflects rest and recognition of who God is, everything else seems to work out. Jesus said in, in the Sermon on, uh, on the Mount, um, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall come unto you. Right? If when we get it right, when we put him at the, at the center, when we make him our good shepherd, when we rest in him, when we give gratitude for him, all the other things tend to work themselves out. Verse four, and I'm going to say it the way I, I learned it. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Right? Even with all the things going on and all the many blessings God has given us, life's going to come at you sometime. And it's, and, and it's a, it's a journey that we're all going to have to deal with at some point. At some point, we're going to deal with the, the tragedy, the dark valley of death. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What, what David is trying to remind us is in this inevitable place that seems like it should be a time of retreat and seems like it should be something that overshadows the first two verses. He says, even when I walk through the valley of shadow of death, you are with me. We're never alone. There's never a time that God is not with you. I, I, I know for a fact that there are people in this room that could stand up and witness to the fact that through the valley of the shadow of death, how God has shown his light on them and not just walked with them through a difficult time, but transformed them. And, and, and it's not that they don't miss their loved one. It's not that they've gotten over it or anything like that. But he has shown them that even in the midst of death, there's a way to have joy. Even when I walk through the valley of shadow of death, you're with me. Your rod and your staff, these, these things that the shepherd used to, to prod and to guide and to, to save. You, you're with me and you're constantly working in my life. You're constantly taking care of me. You, you, you never let me just roam. You prepare, verse 5, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. I don't know about you, but whenever I get in a conflict or whenever there's a hard season in my life, I would love to tell you that I'm so spiritually mature that when those things happen, I, I just get on my knees and I say, thank you for this trial, God. And uh, just shape me and help me to, to grow from it. I wish I could tell you that. No, honestly, I get on my knees and say, God, take care of these people. Thwart them, dash their head against the rock. <laughs> Whatever it takes, oh God. <laughs> right? And with that thinking, there have been so many seasons of my life that I have missed joy. Because I was waiting for the end of the trial to have joy again. You know what I'm talking about? After this, then. Once we get through this, then I can't. Once that stage is over, then. But no, it, what, what this psalm says is, 
You set a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. The enemies have not been taken away. The situations have not been remedied. But in the presence, in the midst of the conflict, in the midst of the threat, says God sets a table for us. He sets a feast for us right in the face of our enemies. Even even when conflict seems God is there and He gives me everything I need. A feast is set for me in the presence of my enemies, in the midst of my problem. I don't have a little peanut butter snack that I need to just have to maintain and survive. No, He lays out a table of blessing for me. And He says, you anoint my head with oil and my blessing, my cup overflows. In the Old Testament, the, the blessing, the anointing with oil, that was a, a symbol of the power of God, the Holy Spirit with us. It was this, this, this act of, of passing good will on to another, of, of applying the, the Spirit and the love and, and, and hope of God to another. You, you anoint my head with oil. You give me everything I need. You give me a hope and a future. You give me a way past this difficult circumstance, even in the presence of my enemies, even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. And then verse 6. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me. And even if your name's not Shirley, that's my, that's my airplane joke for you. Yes, I live in the house of the Lord and my name's not Shirley, but surely your goodness and mercy. As I said, David, David's life was not easy. A man after God's own heart, the way, the way modern Christians would sort of think that would look like is he was a good guy and he never had problems and everything came out swimmingly for him and he was blessed and would prospered and everything, but that's not the way it went. The thing that made David a man after God's own heart is even when he fell flat on his face, he still knew that God was his source. Even when he walked through the valley of shadow of death, when Saul was after him, when his enemies had him surrounded, when, when Saul threw a spear at him across the table, when, when the kingdom was falling apart, when his own kids had a plot to murder him, he never gave up on the hope that God had given him everything he needed. It wasn't, it, it, it wasn't a guess for him. It wasn't a gamble. It was a conclusion. Surely, goodness and mercy. Surely, goodness and unfailing love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A sub thing we've been talking about for these three, these three weeks is don't wait to get to heaven to enjoy the presence of God. You can do that here and now. All the days of my life, I can live in the house of the Lord, a house, a house where a feast has been prepared for me, a house where my enemies have no power over me. A house where even the valley of the shadow of death is not frightening to me. Because if the Lord is for me, who could be against me? Lord of anointing, a house of blessing, 
and honor of green pastures. That's that's the gift we've been given. And we're about to shift into Advent where we we talk about this good shepherd coming and, and we look forward to his coming again. But this is our call, to be a people of gratitude. Haley's going to come and and sing a song for us. Uh, There's a band called uh, Bristol House, and uh, uh, that band has uh, several of us have some friends that are in that band, and uh, they just wrote this this song called the 23rd Psalm uh, and released it in September, and Haley's going to sing that for us this morning. Through the valley 
of the shadow of death I will feel no evil cause I know you never left when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will feel no bow with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. You are everything we need. We are blessed beyond our imagination. But God, let gratitude be a foundation of who we are in you. Give us an appreciation for all that we have. And it doesn't take away the, the desire to be better and to achieve, but God, allow that to be a celebration of what you've already done, not a grumbling of what we don't yet possess. We are so thankful. We are so thankful. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.